<laughs> yo, 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 yo. What is going What's on? <laughs> oh, oh, you know. Oh, you know, Eric. Just another episode of Think Fresh Podcast, the only podcast about Subway sandwiches <laughs> of cultural interest. How are you? How is my co-host? Is he is he thriving? Oh, dude, I'm absolutely thriving. I'm drinking the first Budweiser of the year. As the breadheads mm. know, we are well into damp February and I haven't had one of these in quite some time. I kind of took a leave of absence from these beers. Dude, it has been a wet February for me. I have fully regressed from my good year inten- good new year intentions to live a healthier lifestyle. Dummy to six pack of buds basically <laughs> on my own this weekend. One day, one day turnaround, you know, like agent agency level like re- return pretty good with uh chugging those back <laughs> yeah dude you're on a tight timeline with that six pack you're like much like um much like brad pitt getting ready for a role i gotta get this six pack done and out of the way mm-hmm. it's amazing how quickly me and brad can generate six packs <laughs> he creates them, he creates them and i demolish them i'm kind of his anti-hero <laughs> in that sense yeah, totally. I can totally see you being arch nemesis of uh, <laughs> the BP. Wow, the <laughs> antithesis of Mr. Pitt. Wow. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. So if he's yeah, the dude, pit, this... then I uh, then I'm the lump. I'm the lump. <laughs> yeah, you're the convex version of, <laughs> of Pitt's concaveness. Yeah. Damn. His concavity. Yeah. He he's got some concavities for sure. I don't like okay. where this uh, narrative is going. Let's talk about something else. What's yeah? What's we deserve new? to. <laughs> <laughs> we deserve to talk about something else. In the news, Ty, famed Vancouver restaurant Le Crocodile has mm. a. <laughs> Drop the thumbs up emoji on me. He the okay. The head chef seems to be retiring. I didn't mm-hmm. know he was old, and. Um, Guess who's taking his place, Ty? None other than Rob Feeney from the Cactus Club, Vancouver. Wow. The executive chef of Cactus Club is taking over this old guard. That's very Dude, interesting. Guard. Yeah. So I, the, I the really Crocodile. Wish. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> Crocodile is mentioned in our episode with Chef Pino of Chapino's Vancouver a few episodes ago. He mm-hmm. said they're a very respectable group over there. A very... uh well-plated meal Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i've had the pleasure of dining there the day before i went to paris celebrating a little french meal it was quite nice Mm. yeah it was it was amazing and i'm curious what pino thinks of mr feeny feen 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 feeny feeny damn damn i'm feening for more i don't know dude like Rob Feeney is basically celebrity chef status in Canada. Like he's been on Iron Chef. He's clearly a successful restaurant restaurant tour. There's like 50 Cactus Club locations. So mm-hmm. I don't like, and this is just like a small mom and pop French restaurant. I didn't even know he was a classically cha- trained French chef. Like, is that the mm-hmm. training that gets you the a modern tofu bowl or a cheddar bacon burger? It doesn't make <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah it's really strange to um like trace his steps you know what i mean because it looks like after doing like 30 seconds of research that um fuck, i forgot his name already the current chef at look Crocodile. do you know his name so, is it, i don't it's know not mark jacobs but it's something similar 
Mark Ruffalo. Dude, there's <laughs> only so many Marks. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I don't know a single Mark. They're all celebrities. I don't I don't personally rub shoulders with Marks. Yeah, it's a good question. But his name is okay, Emile me... Jung. Wait, no, it's not. It's not? Oh, that's the owner. <laughs> oh no, chef slash owner. Emile Emile Jung. Oh, I thought it was oh. uh Mikkel? This is this is Mik- riveting content. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mikkel, I think is his son. Okay. I don't Anyways, know. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. If you trace his steps, it looks like they were breaking bread together a long time ago mm. at like well-known Michelin star restaurants. And um I'm curious like what made Feeney want to branch away from like high-end fine dining to pursue crispy tofu bowls and uh, lettuce wraps at Cactus Club. Yeah, dude. I think like <laughs> maybe he's just a man of the people. You know, he's like the full gua is for a subset of society, but everyone should be eating their raincoast greens. You know, absolutely. Like, yeah. So if you're if you're dining at fine dining, that's kind of like a Friday Saturday kind of dinner. But like mm-hmm. Feeney said, there's a gap in the market for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and mm-hmm. I know on those days all you really want is like the butter, butternut squash ravioli. <laughs> yeah, dude. Or like just a really fat burger or like the millionaire cut of the steak, you know, on a Wednesday just feels right. Dude, the millionaire cut is like prime marketing right there because mm-hmm. it's the most expensive steak and it's called a millionaire cut. So you really do feel like a million bucks when you order it. That is until you take the first bite and you're like, oh, this is just the pedestrian steak. <laughs> this is <laughs> this not this chewy. Ain't yeah, this shit dry. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, shout out to Feeney, man. I think you're right. He is a guy. He is a man for the people. And but do we really need that at La Crocodile? You know, these these like no. amazing restaurants are all just kind of like fading away. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of cool to keep these restaurants little little holes in the walls for rich people to sit at their white tablecloths and i don't think we want to open them up to too many people hence distill the luxury that they provide i would rather like a chef like feeney become the creative director of subway which is already displayed an interest in being a restaurant for the people and then trying to elevate what they offer i think that would be a bit more of a interesting direction rather than like diluting luxury increase elevating pedestrianism so you're saying to dilute the crocodile and pull some of those things into Cactus Club? I'm thinking he's making a like the wrong career pivot. I think like I don't think <laughs> he's going to dilute the luxury by entering that area because mm. he's going to try to get a like avocado dip on the menu, and that's not very French. And avocado? I would rather I would rather he go over to Subway and say your guacamole's crap. Let's turn this into an avocado dip and offer it for mm. the like, and let's chunk up some stale bread and we're going to offer an appetizer. We're going to make this a whole, like we're going to get a three course meal here with cookies to finish. Oh dude. I love me a baked cookie to finish. Have you had that at, at cactus club? <laughs> There's literally <laughs> a skillet cookie. <laughs> it's incredible. I, I think I have dude. Their dessert game is no joke. It's definitely top tier. Like that warm brownie. She. <laughs> yeah. The warm brownie. I'm, I'm more of a key lime pie kind of guy. <laughs> you key would be guy. So, so European of you to like pick a dessert with no sugar in it. Oh, dude, it's got sugar, baby. <laughs> it's sweet <laughs> as hell. But yeah, dude, I love a nice little citrus hit after a 
heavy meal after a heavy millionaire's mm-hmm. cut you know yeah dude like lemoncello is my favorite dessert you know just and you're good oh yeah dude let's not even venture into the liquid desserts category because that can be dangerous for us yeah it actually it's hard to pick it's like picking a favorite child oh i know <laughs> every single time i look at the dessert menu i peruse the cognac list and mm. i'm always trying to like create a mental catalog of the most expensive cognac at all restaurants. Mm. Most expensive I've seen is $350 for one ounce. <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty high. I saw, mm-hmm. I think it was $650 at Boulevard a month ago. Oh, shit. So it goes higher. That makes sense because they have bar in their name, right? <laughs> yeah. Boulevard Bar and Kitchen. Is that is that right? Or did I just make that up? I th- This is the tricky part, though. You have to read the fine print. Does it have the word raw in front of it? Is it a bar or is it a raw bar? <laughs> a raw, raw, raw. Raw, raw. Roma, ma. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Um, yeah, so I, I think this is the idea here is I think Feeney needs to go to Subway, ditch the crocodile, let it do its thing, and if really preach your values around bringing elevated cuisine. It, fine dining experiences to a casual market mm-hmm. like cactus club invented the casual fine dining that's their innovation mm-hmm. it really did however i just hope i don't see like long menus with like huge pngs of like the sushi <laughs> you know what I mean? like yeah, i don't yeah. need i don't really need um to see what an april spritz look like on the menu like keep the menu looking the same don't fire the graphic designer, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or they don't even have one, probably. It's just the hostess typing it up with the yeah, yeah. default cursive font on their computer. Dude, I don't know why, like, at a certain level of, like, franchising, there's, they add photos of the food. It's like, there's no photos on the food at every tier of, rest, like, restaurant scale. And then there's, like, you cross a threshold and you're like, it's photos of food time now. Let's put a picture of the pancakes next to the pancakes. Let's get a <laughs> cocktail on the front of the cocktail book. But why? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it that all, like, institutional restaurants that are, like, more operating at scale do that, but the small fish don't? Is it, it can't just be like access to a graphic designer or a photographer (laughs) okay i think i know exactly the reason why hear me out okay okay i think it's the virus of scale Mm. get this okay if scaling something almost always ruins it like it takes like an unbelievable amount of skill to maintain quality at scale right Mm -hmm. If, if you're scaling something you're gonna like just cut corners you're gonna lose things along the way um you're gonna forget stuff you're gonna hire too many people that are too removed from the creator in order to like execute properly on the idea. Right. Mm-hmm. So imagine this because there's 50 cactus clubs, that means technically in order to keep up, they need to have like 10 graphic designers on the payroll. <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? And as soon as you have 10 graphic designers and you divide the menu by 10, you're responsible for the happy hour section, right? And if I have mm-hmm. 40 hours a week to work on the happy hour section, I'm adding PNGs in there. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Once again, graphic designers are the problem. <laughs> the yeah, dude, we don't need graphics. We keep coming ever. back to this. 
Dude, I am so excited for audio only interfaces. Dude, you're so right though. And (laughs) I think this is, this is really interesting though, this notion of like scale decreasing quality, because every time I go to Subway and I finish my foot long, I sit there and I look at you and I go, that was awesome. And like, (laughs) then I like let out a big belch, you know, I'm like always satisfied. So And Subway, as the listeners know, has the most number of locations of any fast food chain on Earth. So it begs the question, how good was the first Subway? Oh, shit. Right? Wow. Pete's Super Submarines or whatever. Whatever that shit was called. That shit must have slapped so hard because for like multiply it 44,000 times and this is the quality <laughs> bar they're hitting. It's nothing short of a miracle, Eric. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense for the co-founder to like join the relationship and be like after after trying a sandwich being like every city needs this. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if it's that good, I can see him saying that and possibly executing on it. That's crazy. Have you ever thought that about anything? You're like you run back this podcast and you're like, you know, every ear needs to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, I have <laughs> Alex Jones episode on, <laughs> on Rogan. No, but yeah, I think very few things like that exist. And you're right. It is pretty impressive if 44,000 different like physical locations are making sandwiches that they are pretty consistently good. Like, mm-hmm. Like first, let's just say first few bites. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. And like kind of the same no matter where you go. Yeah, totally. Like we trash on Subway for a lot of different things, but we've never really taken a moment to appreciate how consistent it is and the quality (laughs) level they're able to hit given that breadth of location. That's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could pull that off as a as a chief executive officer. Yeah, definitely not. So episode 308, we finally admit we like Subway. <laughs> I think what we realize, though, is it's probably hard to pull off, you know? Yeah, we got to give respect where respect is due. And that happens to be at the logistics center of Subway. Mm-hmm. Whoever is like, you know, relaying or I guess the onboarding team, whoever's making the onboarding materials is mm-hmm. amazing. Given that person a raise, you know? Yeah, despite all my conflicts with sandwich artists, maybe they are well-trained. Wow, yeah. It, it does beg the to question, realize. though, Eric. It begs the question, is a sandwich from Subway, a by, like the quality of it, what you make, the byproduct of nature, meaning what was created by the institution of Subway, or nurture, meaning what you work <laughs> to create on that line with the, with the sandwich mm. artist? Hmm. nature or nurture this is a great question it can probably it's obviously a gray area you know what i mean it's as gray as the lettuce however mm-hmm. i th- also think it's a bit of a spectrum you know what i mean like for example the the sandwich can only be as good as both parties you know what i mean like the sandwich artists can maybe put the team on their back and provide the vegetables that make a great sandwich However, if you have a dud of a customer, Mm -hmm. then there's a ceiling Mm -hmm. there, right? Like the sandwich can never be an A plus. It'll be a B minus or a C plus at best. Same goes the other way. Like if you are a rock star creator of sandwiches as a customer and you put together the most perfectly um, assembled sandwich with like, 
you know, the, the chemical makeup of all the ingredients perfectly binds together and it's just the perfect recipe. If your sandwich artist is missing the mark on the sauce and overloads it, you know what I mean? Drops some olives in the wrong place. I get, once again, there's a, there's a ceiling there, you know? So I think both parties just like a, you know, really strong tennis doubles team. They have to work together. For sure. You, that makes a lot of sense. You don't want whoever's the weakest inch, <laughs> weakest link, I mean, <laughs> will mm-hmm. determine the ceiling of your sandwich, the, the, the top of the, the top of the bun. But exactly. I, I, I want to, I want to push this a little bit, Eric, because I think the same, but there's also a part of me that thinks, is this all a scam? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter if there's a bad artist and a bad sandwich artist and a bad patron like you'll probably hit a pretty high degree of quality just based off of the systems that are in place there's not really that bad of a combo like you could have a bamboon on one side of the vegetables and a gorilla on the other side ooh, ooh, eating back and forth and building something and it probably would taste okay that's the weird part it would probably taste just fine if you had a bamboo mm-hmm. making that sandwich mm-hmm yeah, in theory, the worst sandwich is everything, but mm-hmm. we both know that that's not a bad sandwich. <laughs> it could also be like not very much things, but even if I just ate the bread straight up there, I think that that sounds kind of craveable. Mm, yeah, some bread and meat. That's like the minimum for me. Like if I if I could uh, pick, if I can only pick two ingredients, basically one ingredient plus bread, it would be just some salami and I'd be like pretty happy with that. Yeah, that's true. I think the worst possible thing you could get from Subway, actually, from the sandwich department, is just a pile of slices of tomato. I think that would be the least appetizing, (laughs) just to eat straight tomato slices. Mm. Yeah, it's possible. For me, it's the fried onions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad one, too, actually. But you could kind of pop them in your mouth like a a chip. Mm -hmm. Like a cheap cheap. That is nice. Wow. So not only is there a ceiling for each individual in this equation, but there's also a floor and mm-hmm. the floor is elevated thanks to Subway HQ. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Subway HQ. Did something right. And if Rob Feeney was there, shit, that floor would be higher. Oh, man. So let's just say we're going to put our Feeney hats on for a second. Mm-hmm. What are you pulling from the Cactus Club menu into the Subway experience? Or let's just say the Cactus experience into the Subway experience. Yeah, that's a great question, Eric. I think it's, do you do you play with the existing ingredients on the Subway menu or do you introduce something new? Hmm, well, up to you, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I think I want to kind of play in the middle. Like okay. Subway offers steak. Chef Rob Feeney makes a great char-grilled steak. Like maybe there's a way to elevate that meat option to be a standalone entree. In the same way, like, Take the take the chicken and then do like the he does like the lemongrass chicken salad or noodle salad. Mm-hmm. The Creole chicken. Yeah. So I think there's like opportunities maybe to like oh, infuse the proteins with a bit more interesting seasoning and then plate it outside the sandwich. Oh wow. <laughs> plate it a deconstructed uh Creole chicken. That's Deconstructing nice. the sandwich would be uh, an interesting task for a talented chef. It really would be. They do this at Lunch Lady on Commercial Drive. Have you been there? <laughs> I have been there. Did You got a deconstructed sandwich? Yeah, I ordered the banh mi, but it was like a deconstructed banh mi. And so like you just got a plain baguette 
and then the ingredients kind of strewn out on a plate wow, which was that's kind of good like if i'd walked into it knowing what i was getting i probably would have liked it but i just wanted a sandwich thai and <laughs> i couldn't tell you how disappointed i was when i saw what they brought me <laughs> oh, you like to do the work <laughs> get me get me some a fork i guess a spoon yeah, what do you even use chopsticks <laughs> <laughs> put them in a work yeah. can i get this toasted now wow that would be tough I can't believe they employed you as a sandwich artist. Yeah, I know, dude. But in terms of Cactus Jack by Subway, (laughs) I think I would probably go protein style on this. You know, I'm pulling inspiration from the lettuce wraps at Subway. Sorry, from Cactus. And Mm -hmm. I like the lettuce wrap as a vessel for carrying all kinds of other things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it makes me think of the In-N-Out Burger lettuce bun. So mm-hmm. I would freak a lettuce bun at Subway. You know, I think that would be interesting if the right artist was building it. I feel like the structural <laughs> integrity of the lettuce wrap is a high risk zone to play in. If you got the oh, wrong yeah. artist, I can't imagine some uh, minimum wage student <laughs> working the 3 a.m. shift messing around with a leaf of lettuce trying to get my sandwich <laughs> to fit in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah dude you've, you've overloaded you asked for too many banana peppers it won't close now it's gonna pop <laughs> <laughs> if i squeeze any harder it's gonna rip oh jeez. Oh, so Poor in guy. order to enable that subway would start to have have to start offering full leaf lettuce which is mm-hmm. kind of weird like no Shredded. more lettuce. like wow yeah it's a good point i don't know so the lettuce is pre-shredded right like it's for, in a bag it's got to be. It's so consistently shredded. Each one of those strands is exactly five millimeters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's almost like a coleslaw territory tie. I think it's more than five millimeters. <laughs> Let's call it 12 millimeters. That's probably more branded. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, because they do have the slicer for vegetables. Do you think, do you think they can just run a lettuce head through that? <laughs> Dude, I'm sure they've ran a few heads through that in the past. I don't oh, yeah, know, dude. dude. Heads will roll for sure. They could, but a franchise owners gotta limit the amount of things getting chopped in that thing. I think that thing is a liability to your artist. What if they're what if like the tip of their plastic glove gets caught and then it's not just a lettuce head getting chopped, it's a finger salad right there. <laughs> Yeah, it's possible. And that is tragic, Ty. These are the reasons why we have to support our frontline workers. You know, it's a dangerous job. This is why we need every sandwich artist to wear a reflective vest and a hard hat. (laughs) But but then you wouldn't be able to differentiate the artist from the patron. Mm -hmm, Totally. (laughs) Give them a badge and a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Man. Shout out our frontline workers. Mm hmm. Yeah, and also our sandwich artists, who I guess are both. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, Ty, I'm planning a vacation, as you know. Mm-hmm. Breadheads would never have guessed, you know what I mean? Because we'll, we'll definitely keep it rolling on the pod, even when I'm away. But I will be in Japan for two weeks. And naturally, part of my planning process is to peruse the Michelin Guide not only for restaurant recommendations, but also to map out the high net worth areas and to figure out a place to stay based on that, you know? However, 
I'm finding that the Tokyo Michelin Guide is like incredibly difficult to navigate as a just pedestrian hungry guy. <laughs> you know, mm. I'm not I'm not a like I'm not a party planner or like one of these professional tourism agents. You know what I mean? I'm just a guy who wants to eat at a cool place with a star on the wall. Yeah, I I know that feeling. You're driven by hunger and not much else. It's uh, so. What is it that's making it difficult? Because I'm assuming the Michelin Guide is like localized for a North American shopping. The Japanese options. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. But get this: there's 26 pages of restaurants on this thing. Just in Tokyo. Just in Tokyo, that's one city. Wow. And it's like unbelievable because there's no way to like filter out those like hokey dokey like acorn restaurants. <laughs> hey now. I like a good vegetarian <laughs> a good vegetarian only fair kind of spot. Oh, I've no no shade against vegetarian only. However, I'm looking for something more down to earth than like my vegetarian course number eight featuring like an acorn a literal acorn with like some kind of like seaweed sprinkled on top (laughs) you know what i mean sure it's inventive but i'm starving here (laughs) fair enough you don't go there to be full you go there to see like what innovations are happening with the carrot (laughs) (laughs) fuck sakes i do not want to see what the innovations are with the carrot i want it to be cooked or grilled or or baked or something that's about it but yeah ty this this place uh is is it's big and it's hard to navigate Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i believe it at a certain point a guide be like a guide stops being helpful when it provides too many options like at what point Mm -hmm. are you just are you no better than google maps 100 percent. it's like those kids in school who would like highlight the entire page (laughs) It's like my brother in Christ, like I know it's all important, but you got to pick one or two sentences to highlight, right? Damn, yeah. Those people love Subway, you know, because they can have it all. <laughs> they really can just do everything at Subway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like, at what point is every restaurant going to be on this website? And like, I don't know if I can even hit all of them. Like, I'm going to need like seven years to eat at 26 Michelin restaurants. I think what we're going to need to pages. do is... Dude, I think we need a new guide. I can't believe I'm already saying it, but the, it's too diffused. All luxury eventually gets diffused, and this is no difference. We got, maybe mm-hmm. Think Fresh needs to make our own. Ooh, I like that a lot. We should totally do that, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, my passion, Eric, as far as food, is not actually Subway. It's going to a low-lit restaurant with candles and an atmosphere that me and Bay can just observe interesting clientele Mm -hmm. so i want a i want a guide that just shows me where those gentrified little places are where i can buy an overpriced cocktail a small plate of some novelty carrot and just people watch that's all Mm -hmm. that's all i want exactly and like bradley cooper is going to argue with the waiter (laughs) like i want to see that too yeah that's true there has to be an element (laughs) of who's who there Exactly. Who's who? Yeah, totally. Just browsing this thing, though, it seems like a liability if I were to like go to most of these places because all of them have like five yen signs. (laughs) Shit. So even though 
it's yen. It's uh, turns out it's not being converted. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's still expensive. So the conversion rate between dollar and yen is one to one on Michelin.com. Oof. However, <laughs> like when I look at the pictures of it, there's way too many dishes being served on like a bed of rocks. <laughs> like way too much like garden foreplay happening. <laughs> oh, interesting. The, you know what I mean? They they abduct the food from nature and then they replayed it in a simulation of nature. They put it on rocks mm-hmm. and moss and shit. Like they'll serve exactly. you like a like a little like ham on a log or something a, a literal log well i can't even tell what what's edible in these in, in any of these photos like i'll see like this beautifully manicured japanese garden in like a bento box <laughs> and then there will be like these beautifully polished rocks and like some moss on them and like a tree I'm like okay what what do I do with my chopsticks here <laughs> like, dude and do you... i scrape the moss off like what's happening yeah, dude. And it'll be so embarrassing when you like put the moss in your mouth and the server's like, you're not supposed to eat the moss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I swallow one of the rocks and I have to go to the ER. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that is wild. So what what's the deal here? Why are they simulating simulating nature with this? Why is it so over the top? It's very different than Western uh, plating, which is about, it's very reductive. It's very about like the food itself is the star of the show, not the context that the food is plated. Mm. Yeah. Well, I don't know what the food is in this case. Like it's possible that it's both like the food is, you know, executed at a high degree of care, yeah. but then also it's plated in this like artistic way. And it seems to be like only some dishes come like that. You know what I mean? Not every single one, but like some might just be a single clam with caviar in there and like some gold flakes and that's like course three you know what i mean but then Mm -hmm. after that you're getting you're running it through the garden after that quite literally the rock garden (laughs) exactly the koi pond yeah i don't dude i don't know if there's like some wabi-sabi thing happening there but it feels contradictory and to what i understand the like design ethos of japan to be like when i think about the design ethos of japan i actually think about like a Michelin star restaurant in California where it's like a perfectly white plate with like just like a very simple plating on it. Like you got like a mm-hmm. little tiny filet of salmon, three pieces of asparagus kind of hanging off the top there to create a little bonfire shape. And that's it, you know, maybe a, a little drizzle in the middle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Maybe the aburi torch is making an appearance, but that's mm-hmm. about all the ornamentation that's happening there. Yeah, that, that to me, that feels like Japanese plating, not like mm-hmm. sim- simulation koi pond. <laughs> I mean, teach their own, I guess. I'm sure there's plenty of Michelin guide restaurants that are exactly what I'm looking for. You know, mm-hmm. simple, down to earth, like hole in the wall places that are just producing food beyond um, what you would expect. That's kind of what I'm after. But it turns out if I just like look around myself, I'm able to really quickly find that. And maybe it's buried on like page seven and I just haven't gotten there yet. Like it's like the meme where the guy's digging and then he stops right before the diamonds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like That's me. I've already turned around. I'm walking home. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. One more page of the guide. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> There's something there for everyone. I get that, though. I get that, though. Are you going to visit Subway in Japan? Because... I would love mm. to see what their tuna is like. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, it's bluefin. <laughs> Crazy, right? No mayo, just nice, nice raw slabs in a, in a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Oof. I was talking to some people yesterday about how I typically avoid Subway in like faraway places. Like when I'm traveling, I would just not eat there because I feel like it's a waste of not one, but two meals. You know, you fill yourself up so much on Subway that you're skipping dinner. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you've missed lunch and now you're skipping dinner because you just feel like a fat piece of shit. And Mm -hmm. having two meals abroad is it's valuable. You know what I mean? That's like a whole day's worth of travel. You're right. You're there. Meals are memories. And this is, yeah, you want to make sure you're maximizing them. Mm -hmm, Totally. This is a memento. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I might try Subway. I'm pretty curious. I think Japan would be the place to break the rule. Um, However, I'll start by just taking a peek inside and then letting you know. Yeah, dude, Japan's the type of place to have no, no buckets of like tuna or seafood medley. They'll just have like an actual fish tank next to the, the marinara <laughs> sauce. Like, oh yeah, just dip in the fish tank, pull something totally. out. The guy's going to like reach in there with his bare hands and like take the crab and cut it up in front of me for the sandwich. Dude, Incredible. they're so good at chopping things there that like, I can't wait to see. I, I want a video of them slicing the sandwich in half. Do you think it's like oh, wow. a, or do you think it's like a hi-ya? <laughs> It's definitely with their bare hand. They're doing a karate chop on that thing. And it's just both ends are jumping up in the air. Um, that'll be fun Dude. to see. I'll, I'll be sure to video that for the pod. Yes, please. They're going to, I want to see them hit the, hit the foot long with like a butcher block knife. Just ow, clean hit. <laughs> Dude, that'd be sick. Or a samurai sword. Just like cut through the whole table. <laughs> <This one. laughs> yeah, Dude, if you don't tip your heads next. Oh, shit. Yeah, I better. Wow. Well, that's going to be fun. Japan would be the culture to make the perfect Subway sandwich. I'll say it. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, they're the ones who I think care the most about their craft on like an individual level. And even if it's like a franchise and they're just an employee, they will produce the best sandwich of their life every time. Mm-hmm. And and it would just it's really about the arrangement, I think, you know, the sauce drizzle is the exact distance from the edge of the bread, no matter where on the bread you see it. Mm-hmm. The, there's no overhanging cucumbers. Mm-hmm. All the black olives are tucked into bed. Yeah, the tomato slices are layered perfectly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's in a cascading effect. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect cut down the middle at the very end with their butcher block. Hey, you know what I'm doing with sandwiches right now? That's going to be a little <laughs> bit fun. When I cut it in half, I do it at an angle. You know, like the oh. it's the panini oh, move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not not a full 45. Like we're not making triangles here, but we're just like taking that edge. We're making a little bit of a like a a unique shape here. It's not a rectangle. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, absolutely. It creates a a perfect first bite. It does, because you know you're coming in from that <laughs> that that corner office, right? <laughs> Absolutely, dude. That first bite, mm-hmm. something that dreams are made of. Dude, it makes the sandwich taste a little better. So mm-hmm. that's a small move. I'm going to ask the sandwich artist, can you do it at 45 next time they <laughs> cut my foot long? That's a fun request, because it costs them nothing, and mm-hmm. it just really elevates the experience, in my opinion. Dude, so much to gain for that. No more right angles. Mm-hmm. When you eat a sandwich, do you kind of like 
lob it off the backboard for yourself? <laughs> like, do you bite around an area to create a perfect bite? So like every third bite is like, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I do, but I don't do it intentionally. I think every bite is an assessment of what you're working with. And then you got to make a move that will <laughs> satisfy the mouth, but also preserve the structure ability of the sandwich for continued biting. <laughs> so you want to try to set that up. You want to set up that moment, right? That That's the ideal bite, but you have to work your way there. Bite to the mm-hmm. left, bite to the right, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're set right. it up. Yeah, every single bite, you're re-surveying the playing field and mm-hmm. you're making a game time decision like, okay, if I bite here, that might cause this tomato to fall out. But I'll have to take this bite down here, which is less desirable now, but it'll set me up better in the future. Totally. And like sometimes you just need to hard pivot, flip 180 degrees and come in from the backside <laughs> on a foot long. You know, you're like, we're going to we're going to burst out the back end here. I got to get my mouth on this ASAP. Yeah, dude. Sometimes you just got to do the wild reach around. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But you know what? An exaggerated version of this is eating a really sloppy burger. Like, have you Mm -hmm. ever like just taken a burger to pound town and then realized midway like, oh, fuck, I got to turn this thing around. I got to I got to redirect my landing here and, uh, you know, go back to the beginning. And then maybe you flip it upside down. Even that's another move like midway because the top bun sometimes is larger (laughs) than the Mm -hmm. bottom bun maybe it's the way our giga chad jaws are shaped that it ends up that way i'm not sure (laughs) oh yeah dude we're flipping we're spinning we're it's like i'm doing a dance with it like it is my little ballerina partner on this on this stage Mm -hmm. of the of the table but Mm -hmm. the funny thing with the burger is that i always get like mess anxiety when i eat it so i end up increasing the velocity that i consume it because the sooner i like suck that thing back the sooner i don't have to hold it anymore do you fall victim to this too i can't even enjoy it because i just need to resolve the problem (laughs) that it became dude you're absolutely correct about this i feel the exact same way and i'll even say like when i pick up the burger there's no putting it down like i'm finishing that thing because as soon as i put it down it's game over it's suicide. It's like you're literally throwing in the towel there because, well, you're going to be throwing out the towel because you're going to clean your hands and it can be never used again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Much like your ballerina reference, Ty, if I'm the hunk on the bottom of the pyramid who's tossing around this delicate little flower, <laughs> I have to be very gentle with it. You know what I mean? I can't just mm-hmm. forget to catch it and drop it on the ground. It's going to crack its little skull. So I need to make sure I'm always ready to support the burger when it needs to be supported it is kind of funny because like aesthetically it is a monstrosity it is gloopy it is gross it is with every bite losing its appeal but that but with with every bite you must be more delicate with it you must treat it with more care you must Mm -hmm. learn to be sensitive to it and nurture it Mm-hmm. So there's this contradictory like experience where at a certain point you either commit, you're like, I'm going to raise this child or I, I need to, I need to call it quits game over totally. and give up on the burger. Absolutely. But there also is this turning point moment, maybe three quarters of the way in the burger where you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Suddenly the storm has weathered, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're in the eye of the storm and Things have calmed down for a second and you're able to clearly see the path to victory. Mm -hmm. And 
all you got to do from then on is just get the job done, soldier. Dude, I love that moment. What that the light at the end of the tunnel. It makes me realize, though, when I'm taking that next bite of my foot long sandwich or anything for that matter, I'm actually thinking two, three, five, <laughs> ten bites out here. Oh, you wow. know, I've I've dotted lines where my mouth is going to go the whole way there. And we'll pivot if we see a tomato pop. We'll pivot if the ketchup drizzles. But mm-hmm. we have a plan. We're sticking to it until otherwise, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some say that being a stand-up comedian is like boxing, right? But eating a burger is like playing chess. You know, what I mean, you got to plan mm-hmm. three, four moves out. And if you're not, you can get caught. Your king could be dude. get their head cut off. Yeah, dude. They might. You might lose a bishop or two. You might get your queen pinned. But you got to be ready to react, and you got to be planning ahead. Oh, uh, don't pin my queen. <laughs> Brilliant. Damn. Wow. Wow. The art of eating. It's truly a choreographed act, you know, mm-hmm. but also improvised. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Makes me realize like I am the sandwich performing artist. <laughs> so cool. Well said. Well, King, Super Bowl Sunday's coming up. <laughs> wow. Speaking of burgers, Super Bowl Sunday. Do you have any plans coming up this weekend? Are you going to download another six pack? Dude, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to break my record this weekend. I'm gonna hit oh, a twelve. Uh, it's gonna be a bi- it's gonna be a big weekend because it's typically the weekend where you eat the worst food too. You know, mm-hmm. like the food that you eat on Super Bowl Sunday are like it, it must be it's the biggest day of the year for football, but it's like the biggest day of the year for Cheetos. You know, it's the biggest day <laughs> of the year for frozen spring rolls. <laughs> you know, one hundred percent the frozen shrimp cocktail from Costco. Hmm. Like they're flying <laughs> off the shelf for sure. And I, I don't know. I, I was looking in the news and it seems like a lot of like food that you typically find at the Super Bowl is getting recalled. And I can't imagine like there, there's a few salsa brands, a few like baked lettuce brands for making slaw and shit, a few cheese <laughs> brands, shredded, pre-shredded cheese. And I was like, oh, that would <laughs> suck if you're just like you run a like a like a nice little mom and pop salsa company. A week before the Super Bowl, the FDA like slams the hammer down on you. <laughs> Damn. Do you think it's a coincidence or are they, do, does the FBI have a deadline in mind? You know, it's like, okay, we know sales are going to spike. We have the most deaths <laughs> at this time of the year. So unless we want blood on our hands, we got to get rid of the, the Tostitos. Dude, it's either that or it's an inside job like old El Paso's making a targeted hit on them and oh, maybe shit. some false claims to secure their their market position huh so you're saying dorito slid on the ops and was like get these tostitos out of here because they are causing diabetes or something mm-hmm. yeah exactly <laughs> and it might be a false bomb threat but they got to investigate it and doritos huh. has got enough money to lobby They'll lobby the police force or the whatever governing agencies are protecting us from ingesting like, I don't know, pre-made mm-hmm. salad mixed with salmonella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Crooked Lays Corporation has deep pockets and I'm sure they can pull whatever strings they need to to eliminate the competition entirely. Dude, all while making the most cursed foods imaginable. I saw this video this morning of a Doritos flavored dip and... I don't, I don't know if this is new. 
I don't know if this is like AI generated, but I watched it. Yeah, they they were dunking some tortilla chips. I guess you could dunk a Dorito in it, but it kind of looked like stadium nacho cheese, Mm -hmm. but more like uh, Chernobyl orange, (laughs) we're going to call it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's a nuclear core flavor. Yeah, dude. Wow. So yeah, I was I was picturing exactly the Seven Eleven nacho cheese um, option when you were describing that. I don't see an issue with this. <laughs> I think this is a great dip for <laughs> the, one of the most special days of the year. <laughs> yeah, dude. If, if you need a super dip for a super day, oh, absolutely. Oh man, what do you think it tastes like? Is it just like spicy cheese? Because that's not new. that's kind of the funny thing like doritos are i would say a unique experience to consume but if you take their essence Mm -hmm. which is zesty nacho cheese Mm. many 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 people have attempted that in dip form so are they just riding the brand name here is that all that's going to be different i gotta dunk i gotta dunk my finger in this (laughs) if you think about it all doritos are basically just plain chips with the dorito dip on it already oh yeah so like, their pro- proprietary offering is the zesty cheese. I think so. And they're just rehydrating it to make it into a dip. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. We've got to dr- wet the dries. Exactly. So do you think they would also sell like a plain Dorito alongside? Or are they assuming that you'll just get the cool ranch? Yeah. I mean, this is a rare opportunity to mix and match flavors, but that would be smart of them because they will be giving a competitor the opportunity to be dunked in Dorito dip if they don't come out with like dur- nude Doritos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You're no matter what chip you're buying, you're buying a Dorito product at the end of the day, either it's the chips or it's the dip. And yeah. just like Drake said, I want my chips with the dip <laughs> dude facts, but they could sell you both. I don't even know what, a, what would you, how would you even market a plain Dorito? Because their entire shtick is, this is the most intense potato chip you'll ever eat. The flavor's so crazy. It's the only thing that can distract you from Call of Duty, you know? Like that's, <laughs> that's kind of their marketability. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. What do you think? And then they like got this like ghostly white triangle that looks like a copy of Cereal Meg. Like, mm-hmm. how do you, I don't really know. Okay, here's the move, Ty, this Super Bowl weekend. You got to buy the like the death chip or whatever it's called. The one that like will kill you if you eat it. <laughs> Didn't like a like high school kid in Florida die eating that? <laughs> I think it might, they might have happened. They've died other ways over there, so it's possible. But if you hide one of those really, really spicy ones in a bag of, say, I don't know, medium spicy Doritos, mm-hmm. you get to kind of watch with a you know, with some suspense at the next party, you get to see who gets to eat the mm. really spicy one and then goes home early because they've died. <laughs> yeah. What a fun game of roulette. I, I do like that. Whoever hits it, I'll rush up to them and offer them a cup of Panera lemonade to wash it down. Oh, dude, that's like the Grim Reaper's lunch right there. Like <laughs> the, the spicy chip and the Panera lemonade. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's the most most popular last meal. <laughs> not, for the reason you, not because it's desirable. Yeah, totally. Dude, if you're on death row, you have to order that. Like, give me yeah. a Panera lemonade. Try to try to end it before the chair does, you know? 
Yeah, dude, take your life in your own hands. And also, no one else gets that opportunity just to like drink, I don't know, a, like five liters of Panera lemonade. Mm-hmm. Is it twisted that I really want to try it? I want to try it too, dude. My, <laughs> I think my, I think my, bo- I don't know if it's my like alpha body, but I think I could handle it. Dude, yeah. The the way you take down those Budweiser's makes me think you could handle any mm-hmm. level of lemonade. But mm-hmm. um, well, you I think you and I are inch, inch lords. You know, we can handle a twelve a foot long. We can handle this. Totally, that would be a fun Halloween cocktail <laughs> <laughs> for one of your Halloween cocktail making parties. Like, it's like, yeah, guys, I made the Panera lemonade lemoncello shot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that'd be pretty awesome. Dude, I actually love that idea. I'm adding that to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And like in small doses, you know, no one will die. Like 50-50 Panera with vodka, I guess. That's that's a nice little mix. Everything in moderation, man. That's why this is the year of the six inch. Everything in moderation. Yeah, we got to do that, man. We got to go for a sixer sometime soon. Hell yeah, brother. I've just been avoiding eating Subway because I don't think I can stomach a foot long. It's been too long. (laughs) Um, But Maybe we'll find our way there tonight. Who knows? (laughs) Oh, shit. I hope not. I sincerely do. (laughs) speaking of tonight eric i think it's time for you and i to part ways drink some more budweiser's and see what happens next we will report back on it on tuesday breadheads absolutely thank you for listening everyone ciao ciao